Welcome to the Spiritual Boss Babe Podcast. If you're a woman who is ready to step into your power and manifest a life and business that sets your soul on fire, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Stephanie Bellinger, and I'm a mindset and success coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I am obsessed with helping my fellow soul sisters shine their light and live out their purpose so they can experience more magic in everyday life. We all have a special purpose here and we're meant to share our message and gifts with the world. You deserve to be fully supported emotionally, spiritually, and financially from doing your soul's work. Together, we can make a massive impact in the world and it's time. So let's do this. In today's episode, I have Shanna Lee here with me, who is an intuitive healer and celebrity manifestation coach. She is the number one best-selling author of The Soul Frequency, Your Healthy, Awakened, and Authentic Life. And she's also the host of The Soul Frequency Show podcast, leading the conversation on raising your energetic frequency and creating a life of your dreams that's in full alignment with everything that you desire. Shana is a speaker, businesswoman, and a consultant for executives and Fortune 500 companies, celebrities, influencers, you name it, she's done it. And we go in in today's episode all on raising your vibration, stepping into your purpose, and creating all of the magic and manifestations you desire in your life. So as always, I know that you're going to get so much out of this episode. And if you love it, if you're loving the podcast, make sure that you tag me on Instagram when you listen, let me know what your big takeaway is at the spiritual boss babe and leave us some love on iTunes if you feel called to do so. So without further ado, let's welcome Shanna onto the show. All right. Welcome to the show, Shanna. I'm so excited to have you here and I'm so pumped for you to share your magic with the world. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Hi, everyone. <laughs> So I want to open this up by hearing a little bit about your backstory and what led you to doing the work that you're doing now with helping people raise their frequency and tap into their magic. Um, what has like led you to that? What's the backstory? Yeah, definitely didn't start there. <laughs> um, so when I was born, I was connected to other dimensions. So when I was a small child, I was born with two spirit guides that came into this. So I've been shown in my adulthood that they came into the reality with me. From my first memories, they were there. I was an only child. And so um, largely my life was surrounded by these two spirit guides. And they, um, you know, I think I didn't really want to be born. So I have memories of feeling as though I wasn't sure I really wanted to do this human lifetime. And so they felt very comforting. Certainly I came from a family that didn't understand any of that as far as my parents were concerned. Um, I had a maternal grandmother who was amazing and spiritual and she luckily told my parents to leave me alone and just let me experience this. And so for a long time, it was really actually kind of like a sitcom in our household because I would be like, mom, don't sit down there. You're going to sit on this, you know, friend of mine. So, um, but they allowed me to just be in that reality. And when I got to be about five or six years old, 
I realized that nobody else was experiencing these mm. things. And it, it really closed me up. Like it really made me feel like, what am I doing? And I felt self-conscious. Like my earliest memories were feeling very self-conscious about this experience of life that was different from other people. So I largely developed a belief set at that time about being normal. Like whatever normal is, whatever I think normal is, or what I'm seeing in other people is normal, I'm just going to emulate that. And so I call that like the first disconnect, where we just kind of disconnect from the truth of who we are and look around at the world around us and say like, how am I supposed to be? Right. Mm -hmm. And so I spent much of my life building an American dream. I built a successful business in the real estate sector. I um, did things that a lot of my peers hadn't done at young ages. And especially in a very male driven industry, I was in commercial finance for a long time. So I was one of the only women that worked for our company. And I think that helped me be successful because I was a different voice on the other side of the phone. And and so I was building all of this stuff thinking, you know, at some point, this is all going to be really fulfilling. Like mm -hmm. I'm working really hard and, you know, they always tell you, put in the hours, put in the time yeah. and then you can enjoy life. And so mm -hmm. I was really doing that and I got married and I got pregnant and right around that time, it's like everything just stopped. All of a sudden I realized that I was so blessed, like I had built this life and I had a beautiful home and I had an amazing husband um, and I was pregnant. And these are these major things that I thought I wanted in my life that were going to be just ultimately fulfilling. And I went through this crisis at that point where I started going, I think I'm built and created a life that is not who I am. Wow. Right. Really outside of myself. And I was having this experience where I was going through this kind of reconnecting to the side of me that was this child, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm on Google late at night, you know, searching the fifth dimension. <laughs> and then I'm going to work, right? And doing real estate. And it's like, there was this dichotomy happening. And um, I really, it got more and more painful as time went on. And it came to the point where I had to choose a path forward. Wow. either to shut down part of myself or to really say, this is who I am and move in that direction. And it was extremely scary. Um, you know, it's a tough thing to navigate. I think a lot of us are being called up to navigate creating our own path, like not living to your parents' ideals or society's ideals, but like, what is your truth? And mm -hmm. so I had a really profound transformational experience, call it spiritual awakening, to follow the work that I do in the world. And so once I committed to that, I started helping people and it just kept expanding. So most of everything that I've created and everything that I teach were downloads that I was getting along this path of just following my own intuition oh, and I kind of that. tuning out the no noise and stuff around. Oh, I love that. I have so many things that I want to like <laughs> dive into and ask. That sounds amazing. So when you, you said you grew up like knowing your spirit guides and seeing them and did you, did you say that you, that turned off kind of as you grew up and wanted to be normal and so yeah. it, it kind of like went away? Yeah, by the age of about six. And have you been able to easily open that back up for yourself? I wouldn't say it was easy because only because of all the constructs that I had built in my life, all the ways yeah. that I had insulated myself to stay on this like path of success. So I was very, very, very resistant. Like, 
And resistance is a normal part of awakening. Mm -hmm. But I was like, literally, if you could picture an analogy, it's like someone was dragging me and my heels were just dug into the dirt and I was just kicking and screaming. And so around every corner, I was throwing up a fight. And, you know, there's, we do that as human beings. I think I have like a PhD in that because I just (laughs) did it so much. And so I think my transformation was a little bit harder than it needed to be just because I was so fearful and so resistant inside. Mm. And um, do you help people as well connect with their spirit guides now? Just curious. Yeah. So it's interesting because like the, the way it comes to me is not that we need help connecting with our spirit guides is that that is a natural process mm-hmm. that happens when we reach a certain bandwidth and frequency of information. So the way that I approach all of my work is not so much like people say the words and I say the words too, raise your frequency, mm-hmm. but it's really not totally accurate. It's something that we all kind of understand as a concept but we're not really raising or adding to our frequency. What we're doing is releasing the things that keep us in a lower vibrational state so that we can stay connected to our natural beingness, Mm -hmm. right? And in that natural beingness, same thing with chasing your purpose. Like, I I don't, nobody needs to find their purpose outside of themselves. I literally preach that. Yeah, it's like at a certain frequency, your purpose shows up big and strong and it's like, undeniable and it's just there right and and you become so clear on it so a lot of people say to me like I can't I don't have clarity I can't see the next steps or I don't know or I can't connect you know we all have these moments where we feel this way and I just say people like the more you are trying to connect right with Mm -hmm. your spirit guides or your purpose or whatever you're almost pushing that away like the work that needs to be done is on a different plane than I just need to try harder yeah Totally. And that's what you really help people do around raising their frequency. Are there, what are some certain, what are some like specific, I guess, techniques or ways that people can do that? So it's totally not linear. And I, I tell people this on the upfront. Um, like when I look in somebody's energetic system, it looks similar to how people might think a inside of a computer looks all these like different kind of ports. And then I see energetic strings between events that have happened in your childhood, belief systems and when they were created and Mm. how they're impacting current day. So we say the word pattern as it's like a negative thing, like, oh, I've got these patterns, right? But we run on patterns. So patterns in and of themselves are negative. We just want to make sure it's the pattern we want to run on, right? Mm -hmm. Like some people have patterns of healthy exercise. And that's a good thing, right? They just do it without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ask people, like, what are the patterns? What are the things that are showing up that feel like roadblocks or like, gosh, I keep running into the same thing over and over again. And then we go back and we look at where this was created as an energy line. And then we start to dissipate that. And what's fascinating is when I show people the origin of the line, just by them being conscious of it, it starts to dissipate. Mm, in and of itself. The awareness of it. Yeah. The awareness of it starts to dissipate it. It's what we can't see that's running the show, I always say. Mm -hmm. So when I'm looking at all of these things of people, like things will come up. So let's say somebody comes to see me and they usually have one thing they want to talk about that's like really at the top, even if there's other things in their life they want to work on. So it's like, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to get out of my, you know, W2 employee job and get into entrepreneurship there's always going to be other things that need to be addressed that have nothing to do with entrepreneurship. 
Totally. So like sometimes I'll be on a call with somebody and they're like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, let's talk about Betty and what she did when you were 10 that's connected to this line. And so I'm always telling people, I'm like, just go with this, right? Because this is going to free you up energetically. And I think where we get stuck in creating a business, in healing our lives, in our spiritual journey, is we approach it from our mind, which is very much A plus B equals C. Mm -hmm. Right. And so people will say like, here are the five steps to do this. Right. And we go, okay, cool. If I do these five steps, it'll work. And for some people, then it doesn't work. And then they're like, oh, what's wrong with me? Or I didn't do the steps right. And it's like, that's existing on this like very surface level, like the part of the iceberg that's above the water. Mm -hmm. Right. And then there's all this other stuff below the water. That's not logical. It's not a plus B equals C. And so I think the first thing we all need to do is step back from maybe it's not this simple A plus B equals C equation. It's so multidimensional and multifaceted and things are connected to things that we don't realize are connected. And so we have to somewhat surrender, right? To this, it needs to make sense to my mind so that we can get in a different type of alignment and flow. Yeah, that makes so much sense. It's like, and when you're in alignment and flow, things happen, synchronicities, and just things start to happen that you can't logically explain. It, I call it the land of little miracles because it's like things that you could never, ever predict and that you could never explain and that make no sense. Like, like let's say, you know, it's a tough time in your life, right? And let's say you don't have enough resources or you feel like you don't, you know, you don't have what you need. Like that for most people is going to send them into a lot of low frequency emotions, right? And we're Mm going to spin in those emotions. And because we're spinning in those emotions and we're giving them our life force energy, they're going to become bigger and bigger in our field. Where if you can, and I teach people this, how to shift to a higher frequency in the times that like, let's say we get triggered, right? Something happens, we get triggered. If you know how to like bypass this lower frequency of information and reside at a higher frequency of information, like you could be walking down the street and someone's just going to hand you money, right? Mm-hmm. Or you could just be sitting at home and someone's going to call you out of the blue and say, hey, I've got your answer, basically, whatever that is that you need in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it makes no sense. It's like, wait a second, I didn't do anything to get this, right? Like nothing, I didn't reach out to somebody. This is not a receivership from my instantaneous giving. How do we explain this? It's because we are at a frequency of information where things can reach us that don't reach us at other energy, you know, energy points. Yeah. And we attract like our reality, right? Mm-hmm. We attract people and helpful situations and and money and like support in ways that I think a lot of people until you have it start happening, like you don't have a reference point for it, but yep. it happens for everybody. Like people ask me sometimes, well, is this going to work for me? I'm like, this is the law of quantum physics. Like, yeah, it just literally, works, right. Yeah. <laughs> just like gravity works for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's a powerful thing. It really is. This is like my favorite topic as well. So it's so aligned. It's like everything I talk about. I think it's freaking fascinating. It's fascinating to realize that we have the ability to like make these quantum leaps and it doesn't need to take forever and we don't need to dig for every freaking little thing yep. um, that comes up. Well, we, when it comes up, look at it, but we don't need to go digging is what I always say. So when... So when you're teaching, like working with people how to raise their frequency, 
how, like, what, what would you say for people who are going through like really challenging times? Like, you know, if they're going through grief or if, you know, outside circumstances beyond their control are happening um, and it's causing them to go into this spiral of fear or worry or whatever emotions are coming up. So this might like take a deep breath before I say this. Um, this is really has to do with us understanding our own inner life, right? Our own beingness, because we have been existing in an age of victimization. And I say that with such honor and respect because we have it as a culture and a collective running through our field. And so victimization is not just abuse, right? It's the way we show up to life in every different area. And it shows up like, I can't because of this outside of me, right? Mm -hmm. Or this outside of me isn't what I need it to be. Therefore, I can't X, Y, and Z. And when we're living in that, this is a collective energy we've all been living in, right? So, so it's present for everybody, no matter what. And we're moving out of that collective energy. So to move out of the energy of victimization to a different bandwidth and frequency, which ultimately is freedom, right? And everyone's like, I want to be free, right? Like freedom is amazing. There's a process to that. And so when we're having things go on outside of us or we're being triggered and we're having all these emotional states, those emotional states are emotions that are within your beingness, right? They may be being triggered by outside events, right? But this is stuff that has to come up and out. You know, emotion is just energy and it needs to move. Mm -hmm. And that energy needs to move so that you can basically ascend to a different frequency of information. So our emotional plane, which is largely, we steer clear of it because we don't know what to do with our emotions. We have every different like way that we want to block our emotions, especially fear. Like we don't like to experience fear at all. And there's so many ways that we suppress, be it eating, right? Like sex, drugs, like, you know, I mean, diverting, working too much, right? Workaholic syndrome. Like there's so many different ways that we disassociate from our emotions. And I'm not just talking emotions that have gone on now, but like emotions from childhood, from experiences that we've been through in life. And so we are at the crux of a period of time where we've, we're being invited to be squeezed and allow this stuff to come up. Mm -hmm. And so there will be events outside of us that cause this to happen. There will be events, individual events in each of our lives that cause us to see our own feelings. So for instance, like if large things are going on around you, some people might be crying. They're feeling a lot of sadness. Some people might be really angry right? Like this mm -hmm. is making them mad. Some people might feel like super checking out. Like the individual feelings have to do with what's running in that mind-body system mm -hmm. and it needs to come up and out. And so the main thing people need to know, like your access point to shifting your frequency is on your emotional plane. And our emotional plane is also the seat of creation. So if you want to create in the world in freedom, right, this emotional plane needs to be, needs to be purged, right? Yeah, it yeah. needs to be felt. And so whatever people are feeling from exterior events, if you start just saying to yourself like, oh, this lives inside of me, like whatever this is, like if you look back on your life and let's say you're angry right now, you'll look back and see that there are many events that have angered you, 
right? Mm -hmm. And you may have stuffed that anger like in many different ways, but now it's being invited to come up and out. And so the best thing that we can do for the healing of our planet, for the healing of our individual lives, for the collective, is to allow our emotions to flow. And I use the analogy of a fountain because let's say there's a big fountain in the middle of town and the water is flowing up and out of that fountain. Like you're not going to jump on top of the fountain and try to stop the water because mm -hmm. you just get wet. Like the water's not going to stop. It's just going to keep flowing. And so we just want to observe the emotion flowing, feel the feelings and allow whatever feelings to rise to the surface and flow out of you. And so people then ask me like, well, what if I'm mad? Like, what do I do with that? I don't want to just be yelling at people. And I'm like, no, <laughs> it's just, you want to move it out of your body. So mm -hmm. you can do, like, you can sit in your own car and you can just vocalize to music, like mm -hmm. with the intention of I'm mad and pissed and I'm going to move this out of my body. You can do something like, like kickboxing or, mm -hmm. you know, some sort of boxing. You can dance it out, right? More like breath work breath work, right? All of this moves energy, the emotional energy. And so it's really important to find the vehicle that works good for you. Nature is amazing at transmuting this energy. So you can go literally do this with a tree or a bush, like out where no one can hear you or see you. So I just highly recommend like it's your anger. So even if you're mad at somebody else in particular, it's your anger. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's about handling that anger and having that anger come out of our body. Um, and usually beneath anger too is sadness. Like yeah. if we really allow ourselves to go there, we'll hit the sadness. But you know, just like after a good cry, you feel like, oh my gosh, that felt so much better, right? I needed to have that cry. And this is really on a big level with the planet's doing, like our Especially planet now, yeah. is crying, right? And we need to heal along with it, right? To stay at a synonymous frequency with our planet and grow with our planet, this is a healing time for everybody. Yeah. And what do you think about like the everything that's going on now and and with humanity and with all the things like yeah. as far as like the healing aspect of it and what people can do to stand into their power and their truth? Well, I'll share like something that happened on my transformational journey that I think is directly connected to what we're going through on a more collective level. So at the time that I went through my transformation, I had built a very big life, right? Financially, a very big life. And when I went to go change my life, I knew I was going to have to change some things of the life I had built. I needed to take a few steps back to take many steps forward. Mm -hmm. And that's always scary. We don't like to release anything. We don't like to subtract anything, right? We get used to the things we have in our life, be it things or people or the things that we do, we're used to doing. We hold on to those because that's what makes us feel safe and secure. Like I feel good because I get up and I know I go to work here and I know I talk to these people. All of that provides safety and security. And so when I was going to change my life, I was like, well, I'm going to have to let go of all kinds of ways of being and people I see. And, you know, we were going to move out of our bigger house and we were going to downsize. And around every corner of this, I would cry my eyes out, right? It's like every time I sold part of the furniture in our house or sold things, I was just falling apart about that, right? It was mm -hmm. so sad to me. Like, like it felt like I was a failure, right? Or I was like, nobody tells us that it's a good thing to downsize, right? It's like you downsize when you have to, right? Yeah. 
And so, so I was going through all of this emotion with it and it really felt like tears, right? Like tears as I was going through this. And I knew I was going through a really powerful process. And at a certain point, it went on for a while in different ways. And at different points along the line, I had to look at, do I really need this? Is this essential? Right. Do I have to go, I don't know, get my nails done every two weeks. Right. Do I have to like have this piece of furniture to feel okay in life? Like it really got to the place where I had to look at my attachment to all these things and ways of being. And little by little, like I was able to let more and more stuff go. And there was a turning point at one point where we got rid of our storage unit, which had all this stuff in it. And it was the first time I felt a sense of freedom. Like I drove out of there and I'm like, I no longer have part of my energy in this storage unit, right? It's like this stuff is gone and I actually feel totally good about it. Like I don't need it. It was there for two years. We never looked at it. We never did anything with it. And so I felt a sense of freedom and that was the first time it had actually felt good. And then there was a second point in time where we had to get rid of something or we were going to get rid of something and I felt absolutely nothing, like no attachment to it. I was like, no problem. I'm like, we'll get rid of this, you know, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And the second I had zero emotion around it, like I really had gotten to the point where I said, I am good. Like I'm good no matter what, right? No matter what this world looks like, I'm going to be okay. And I'm in a good place. And I really had finally, and it took me a long time, right? To get to that place. Mm -hmm. The second that happened, my business started expanding like crazy, right? When you it's just like surrendered and said, I'm yeah, when I what. finally was not self-identified with mm. the way I spent my time, the things I owned, you know what I mean? I just completely was like, I will be fine no matter what. Like, mm. and that was that spiritual resilience, right? That was that I find my strength within my own heart, right? Yeah. Not within the things that I hold on to outside of me to try to feel secure. And it's like everything took off from there. And I powerfully knew that I learned a really big lesson. And what was fascinating is that in the beginning, I said to myself, I will give up certain things. And then when when I build my business and it's really big, I'll get them all back, right? And by that point, I was like, I love simplicity, right? I don't want everything I had before. It That felt heavy, right? Living the life that I had before felt not resonant anymore. And so as my business has started to expand rapidly, I hold on to the simplicity because for me, that's spiritual resilience, right? Like I, during those periods of time, I was more connected to people. I was more connected to my heart space. I figured out what mattered in my life. And so that's a long story to share. This is what the evolution is, right? The evolution is what are the ways, and this is not for every single person because everyone's different, but like, what are the ways in your life that you are holding on to things outside of yourself, thinking that they're going to make you secure? And what are the ways you need to look within yourself and really say, how do I find my peace and serenity and security within my own heart, within my own self and my own beingness? How do I show up to the work so that when anything goes on outside of me, I'm not massively triggered, Mm -hmm. right? And sent into like this tailspin. And so that is a lot on a very big level. We're being asked to say, what is essential, right? Because ultimately on this planet, we should have enough food to feed all the people, right? We should be able to take care of this world and we don't 
because so for so many constructs and reasons, but but some people have way more than what they need, right? Yeah. Like way more than what's essential. And and I'm not talking about anything on a political realm. I'm just saying if we're going to move through all the changes that the next, let's say, 10, 20, 30 years, right? The age of Aquarius coming, like us with technology creating so much more connection. Like if we're going to move through that with grace and ease, and if we're going to move from this age of victimization into an age of freedom, like what is freedom for you, right? It's not being bound to like 50 different bills you pay every month, right? Mm. It's not being bound to locations or holding on to things that are no longer resonant for you, right? Because you're afraid. So, so it's like whether you picture somebody just shaking it off, right? Dancing it out, like moving out those fears. This is what everything that's going on right now is giving us an opportunity to do is say, who are you as the creator? right? Mm -hmm. What lies in your heart? What are you supposed to stand up and create? And how can you surrender enough so that you can co-create that with spirit, right? Or the universe? Like, how do we tap into those higher energy frequencies to allow that to speak through you so you can show up to what needs to be done here? Because when we're holding on to everything else, right? Mm -hmm. And we're in fear and we're gripping on to the past, we just can't make that connection. So that's that connection to your spirit guides, right? Yeah. That's that connection to bringing down what needs to be created. And guess what? As you surrender and you connect to that, like miracles happen. You will be supported on your journey. Yeah, totally. Do you have any specific like ways that you help people um, truly surrender or get into that place of um, looking at being the observer more of their experience? Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. And you know, I know people listening are probably like, I, I get this. And is there something I can like, how do I actually, I'm just curious, like how you share that. Yeah. It's really, that. it's really important because the way that we, sometimes we say like, well, I need to surrender or I need to change things. Mm -hmm. And we go from zero to a hundred. And when we do that, it's terrifying. And it's like ripping the bandaid off the wound, right? It's just, it's like so abrupt and it spins us. And I actually don't think that that is helpful because then we go into some sort of trauma fear cycle about the change. So one of the things I recommend for people is like short, small, inspired action steps, right? We bring frequency down to earth by, by action, like what we literally do. Mm -hmm. Right. So for some people, maybe it's like just feeling the connection of like being silent five minutes a day. Right. And listening to see if anything, anything comes through, any ideas come through. Right. And just showing up to that every day, five minutes. For some people, it is moving towards like looking in a new direction, like of entrepreneurship. Like I'm just going to spend, you know, 30 minutes a night Googling and seeing what resonates with me, seeing what direction I want to go in. Listening to podcasts, I think, is an awesome way to start shifting our perspective, right? Because when we start taking in high-frequency information on a consistent basis, we're going to start taking action on that. It's inevitable, exactly. right? It's going to happen. So there's so many little ways that are practical that we can just start saying, okay, universe, I'm showing up to this. I'm not sure what I'm showing up to, but I'm going to show up and I'm going to put myself around some good energy, right? And I'm going to have some boundaries with the stuff that doesn't feel good in my life. Like mm -hmm. maybe I don't need to be on the phone with someone for two hours when their energy is awful. 
Maybe I just need to go, hey, I'll call you back later, right? And just break the energy and get get off the phone. Like these yeah. are things we don't tend to think about. We just think, oh gosh, someone's having a problem. I have to stay on the phone for two hours. Um, but if it doesn't feel good to you and it feels like icky energy, it probably is something you don't want to be around very often. Even if you love that person, even if you've known them a long time or they're a family member, you have to start making conscious choices to be mm -hmm. around the energy you want to move towards. And that becomes really important. Like, especially in growth, like with my podcast, The Soul Frequency Show, we do these short episodes called sessions, which are like five to 10 minutes of just either answering someone's question, like coaching on that or just coaching topics. And so it's amazing to me that like we get emails and someone says, I listened to five to 10 minutes of audio, right? And I did this differently in my life and this situation changed. Like it just tells us that it's not sometimes as hard as we think it is, right? Like you exactly. can listen to a new perspective for five or 10 minutes and that can shift your life. And so it's just leaving like yourself open to like shifts happen really quickly. Mm -hmm. I love the, I love that. And those examples, it's super powerful and so true. Things don't need to be hard. <laughs> like they don't right. have to be. I mean, the universe will shove it in your face if you don't get it sometimes, but it doesn't have to be hard or challenging. Exactly. It doesn't. And it's like, you have to be careful that you're not just running like it has to be hard in your, in your hardwiring, right? That you're not Which sure. Which a lot of people means. are. A lot of people are, right? And sometimes what's fascinating too is like maybe relationship is really easy for you, but business is hard, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe relationship is hard. I mean, we have different areas of our life that feel hard sometimes and the other ones feel easier. And so just being able to shift the energy between the different aspects of your life so that it all becomes a little more in flow is super beneficial for people. Mm-hmm. So powerful. So I want to rewind also a little bit on something that you touched before in the beginning that I feel people would love to hear more about. You mentioned that when you went through your, or when you went back to your spiritual, your spiritual practice and like connecting into that, you started getting a lot of these downloads for your now business and what you're doing now. Were there, like, how was that for you? How did like for because I know I'm sure um, a lot of people are listening to this that are spiritual entrepreneurs. So how can they be more of a co-creator with what's wanting to come through to them? I love this question, and I think it's really important to understand because I think when we first approach entrepreneurship, there's an energy shift between being an employee and being an entrepreneur. Totally, it needs to happen, and I think it's scary for some people to make that shift over and it, it feels like self-reliance. And so I think it's important to say like, you don't have to feel like you've hit the final thing. Like I've got this all figured out before you start. In fact, if you wait to have it all figured out, you're never going to start. Amen. Because it's always evolving, right? It's like, mm -hmm. so my, with my story in particular, I started, I had no idea I was going to start doing what I do today. 
I knew that I was starting to connect to something. I was, like I said, terribly resistant and afraid of it. I just about pushed everything else out in front of me that I could to like not do it. And I had been on a health journey, a food journey, and people were naturally coming to me asking me how I was like healing my body or, you know, just they knew I was into it and they wanted to learn. And so my business began at the very beginning with me doing holistic health coaching. And I knew that wasn't something I would do forever. I knew there was something else there, but I was too afraid of that at that time. And so I started with what I knew, right? I knew I could help people in this way. And I began coaching them. And, and I think this is a really good example of what happens that we don't realize like on the forefront. I began coaching people. And after I had had, I think it was like 65 clients and I had an in-person office. So I was seeing people in person. And at client, around client 65, I was like, this has nothing to do with food. Like one day I was like, this has absolutely nothing to do with food. And I just, it was very profound. I drove home that day and I was like, why do we do what we do? Like, why do we make the choices we make? And I started thinking along those lines, but it was born because I had sat with 65 people and started to see patterns right? Mm -hmm. And started to see something else going on in the room. I was starting to connect to, like, I was seeing things in the room of like people's lives when they were younger, right? I've seen other things in the room. I don't think if I would have never started and if I would have waited to like connect with my guys or to really be concrete, I'm not sure that it would have happened as fast. Yeah. It was because I was willing to show up to it with what I had, right? And to start being with people that more started coming through. And at a certain point, I was like, I absolutely can't talk anything about food or health ever again. This is so far away from what I'm doing now that it just didn't even make sense. And then I started getting so many referrals from people just being able to grow their practices. I've worked with celebrities and I've worked with, you know, people who own like run Fortune 500 companies. And I just, my name started getting passed around in, and I started to be able to work with people and it was so fascinating, like the stuff that I was seeing that everything else kind of went away. And I think that's what happens when you, when you allow yourself to play on the playground mm -hmm. and you're learning as you're playing on the playground and you're opening up and you're gaining confidence and you're gaining clarity. And at some point you just lock in with like, this is what I'm going to, this is my thing, right? Like I've now, I have my proprietary process. I have my way of working with people. And at that point, like everything else just falls away, right? And the path is just cleared for you to continue to grow that and do your work. And so that was my experience. And I think where we rip ourselves off is we think we are going to come to that confidence and clarity prior to starting, which exactly. doesn't happen. Yeah. That's so cool to hear. And I love how you explained it. It's so true. You got to take the first step and the next step. And I, and I know for me, the same, the same case, basically, I used to be a personal trainer and I've done makeup and I did a lot of things before I'm doing what I'm doing now. And it, it's always expanding. And if I didn't do the things that I've done in the past, it wouldn't have, I wouldn't have learned the lessons or gone through those experiences or whatever. And so for those listening, the more you show up and the more you like just follow what lights you up right now, the, yeah. the clearer things will become, the more powerful you'll stand in your message and the more people you'll reach. It'll, it just becomes clear. It sounds like catch 22 probably to some people, but that's really how it works. <laughs> 
It is. It's so true. And I think, you know, one of the ways that keeps us like, there are two different ways and I'll give you guys two tools for these two separate things. Cause in my practice, after coaching so many people now, even people at various levels of business, these two things stand out. So one is that we are just at a frequency bandwidth that doesn't work for our life and brings us a lot of unhappiness. And I specifically created certain frequency tones to align to a higher bandwidth. So if you want to get that, there's a quick meditation and it's all of these frequencies that are going to help align your energy. And if you listen to it daily, like it's going to start to change for you, like without you having to think about it or do work about it. Right. So you can get that at thesoulfrequency.com forward slash mind. And the second thing that gets in the way that is never again, what people are looking at is what the people in our life think about us. Right. Like, I can't tell you how many times I run into this in sessions where someone is literally doing some work that's starting to shift their energy, but they're so afraid of how that's going to affect their family and their loved ones that they will back their energy down, right? To keep other people feeling comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's like we have this button deep inside of us that's like needs love and acceptance. We are tribal. We need to feel accepted by our tribe. And if we don't, we will literally cut ourselves off to gain acceptance. So I call it the frequency gap. Like when someone starts really growing in a certain direction and then maybe they've got a boyfriend or a husband that gets threatened by that. And so they say some comments, right? And the other person just goes, oh, never mind, right? Like it comes right back down to where that other person feels comfortable. It happens like with everybody. And it happens in all these different, very covert ways. And so what I started seeing is like, I would see my clients like energy just rising, rising, rising. And then they'd get around somebody and it would just, it's like cutting somebody off of the knees. Wow. It would just be like, boom. And it would slam back down. And I was like, this is why they say, you know, the five people you hang around, right? Yes. Are, are what you become. <laughs> um, but literally, energetically, this is so critical. And so I created this thing called the alignment blueprint for the alignment conversation. And it's a specific conversation to get people on the same page with you, right? To really connect and have it be a win-win situation so that we can have powerful conversations on the front end. Because typically what people do is they try to, on the, on the side, grow. Like, I'm going to grow over here and I'm not really going to tell anybody I'm growing. Until they start growing so much that they go, okay, I kind of have to tell somebody. And by that point, they're like, look, I'm growing and you're just going to have to deal with it and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. the person, the other person's like totally threatened by it, right? Like, what are you talking about? Because we're feeling vigilant at this point, right? It's like, you're not going to stop me. I'm doing this. And, mm-hmm. and it's just not the way that is helpful to enter conversation. And so um, if people are interested in that, I also just do a free training, video training on each step in this conversation and why it's important. And people can get that at the soulfrequency.com forward slash alignment. So those are the two things like that, that are kind of under the surface. We don't think of those things, mm-hmm. but if we start looking in those directions, because each soul wants to grow, right? Souls seek to grow. Mm-hmm. And so we have to look at what is it in our environment that causes us to stop ourselves. Is that mostly like a conversation between like people who are in relationship like it can be anything. Sense. It can be colleagues. It can be love relationship. It can be parents. I mean, mm-hmm. it's fascinating. Like even people who are of every different age range, people who are completely like have not lived with their parents in years and make plenty of money. 
there are still many different reasons why we do things that have to do with the people that raised us, right? Yeah. Like, and gaining their love and acceptance. It's fascinating. It is. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, we have to go back and really take a look at that for us to grow because we're born into a frequency. Like we're born into a certain mindset, into a certain environment, right? And if we want to grow beyond that mindset, that frequency bandwidth, we have to understand the ways that the people around us keep us in it. Mm-hmm. right? Like trigger us back into it. And this is not mean or malicious. Like nobody is meaning to trigger you. These are unconscious knee jerk reactions when we feel threatened that the other person is growing too much, right? Or mm-hmm. going to change or going to go away or going to not love us anymore. Like people get very internally unconsciously triggered by that. Cause again, we're tribal, Right. Back many, many generations ago, we needed to live in tribe to survive. You couldn't live in the wilderness by yourself and make it. So Mm -hmm. we have that in our DNA. And we're going to always be looking to how to protect the good of the group versus looking at what would be healthy for me to move forward, especially as women, right? Especially as women. So, so we're not, we don't need to kick our way out of everything, right? Or box our way out of our, of our life. We need to know how to communicate for change mm-hmm. and how to have powerful conversations where we leave the conversation going, gosh, I understand you. You understand me. We feel comfortable making these changes, right? Or you allowing me to make some changes, still knowing that I love you, still knowing that I'm not going anywhere, still knowing that I'm not forcing you to change, right? Mm-hmm. But just let's, let's have this really great line of communication as we move forward. So that has been hugely helpful in the lives of my clients. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like it's something like that can be helpful for anyone and also really empowering to have conversations like that and to have even boundaries as well. For sure. And to communicate that. I'm sure it's helpful to communicate your boundaries in that kind of way. Yeah, it's essential. Like you're not going to be able to, you know, I mean, have a business, grow a business without having good solid boundaries. Like otherwise life is going to pull you around in all of these different ways and it's going to pull on your emotions. You have to be clear what you will accept and what's not okay Mm -hmm. and be able to lovingly communicate that to other people. So true. So true. Thank you so much for sharing all of these resources. I'll make sure to put those in the show notes as well. I feel like you covered so many things. Is there any, are there any like last messages or words or anything that you want to share with everyone before we wrap it up? Yeah, just that each one of us like really does have something special and that we have something to share and whether, you know, don't buy into that it has to be on any size of a platform or in any certain way, right? Sometimes we just want to, we're sharing with neighborhood kids right? Sometimes we're sharing our biggest gift in a book. Sometimes we're sharing our biggest gift coaching. Sometimes it's within an already established company. It, it just matters that we take the journey within ourselves to discover and feel out what that truth is. So you don't have to buy into anybody else's definition of what living your purpose is or loving yourself or showing up in the world. It's more important that we do the inner work. So we discover what that is for us because that's where true fulfillment happens. And ultimately we want to be successful. We want to be loved. We want to be all these things, but we want to feel fulfilled. 
mm-hmm. as beings and that it can only ever be defined by you as the individual. So true. I love it. Beautiful message. This was amazing, Shanna. Thank you so much for jumping on, for sharing your magic and your wisdom with everyone. And I'll make sure that we know where to connect with you. Did you share your social yet? Um, I'm on IG. It's at the soul, S-O-U-L frequency. And my online hub is the same thing, the soulfrequency.com. Sweet. And I'll add all of the links to the show notes so it's super easy to find And thank you so much. This was amazing. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. If you did, make sure that you tag us on Instagram when you listen and let us know. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, please be sure to leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. If you want extra motivation to manifest a life and business that you're obsessed with, then find me on Instagram at the spiritual boss babe or visit spiritualbossbabe.com. I love you and appreciate you so, so much. And I'll see you in the next episode. I hope you have a magical day. Thank you.